Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast with John and Hannah. Hi. And today we're going to be looking at some of your voicemails. And first up, we've got a voicemail from Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Take it away, Jason. Hey, Hannah and John. Really enjoyed your pub crawl episode. I do have to take give take two points away for John using digital dice. We want to hear you rolling real dice. Told you. But you had drinks in the episode, so I'll give you two points for that. So it's a wash. But overall, great episode. Really enjoy the concept. And I look forward to going to your blog and checking it out. So keep up the great work. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jason. Really glad you liked the idea. We will keep working on it. And next up, we have Randy Nichols. So let's see what Randy's got to say. Hey, John, this is Randy Nichols in Michigan in the United States. Um, I've only recently been listening to your podcast. I do love you and Hannah. I love your podcast. They're really good. Um, The people (laughs) bitching and moaning about uh, different editions in D&D. I did for a while. I mean, I was not a big fan of 4th edition, but I played 13th Age. It's got a lot of 4th edition stuff in it. Who cares? Play what you like, man. I understand it. Um, I didn't see what you wrote, but I heard what you said about it. And you have a right. Get pissed, man. It's okay. Rant. Give it to them. They don't deserve, uh, they don't deserve anything less. A bunch of crybabies on the net. You do you, man. Keep up the good podcast. Take care. Thank you very much there, Randy. And yeah, I've got to admit, I pretty much agree with you. I mean, Play what you like. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have a bit of a tongue-in-cheek, sort of cheeky poke at, like, 4th edition and 5th edition because I see it as part of, like, the sort of role-play banter, you know, between people of different editions. And I am going to continue to mock the world of darkness. Yeah, exactly. And I love the world of darkness. Hannah, like, mocks me for it all the time. But it's all in good fun and in jest. And it strikes me that a lot of what causes these problems on the internet are people either not realising that something's being said as a joke or, like, not being able to take a joke. I mean, how I love older versions of D&D, and we poke jokes at the sort of, like, the tropes of that all the time, you know, the ten-foot pole, the henchman getting killed in the dungeon, and stuff like that. It's all good fun. Like you say, people should do them and just play whatever edition they want. But also, when people are just, like, poking fun and having a bit of a laugh, don't get so bent out of shape about it. Anyway, I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast, Randy. Thank you very much for your call-in. So let's see who we've got up next. Hey, John, just want to call you about your OSE advanced pre-release review thing you did for the Player's Guide. Interesting. So I think I have to go back. I think I already backed PDFs of the two new books because I only have OSE on PDF, and I'm actually more interested in not including the event have the advanced stuff, but I'd rather get the, the box of the four, five booklets, which I'm probably going to have to order from England and pay a bunch of money for or something, or, or I'll just keep using PDFs. But but anyway, so I didn't back the tomes. So I don't know if I have access to the tomes. I think I just have PDFs of the, the two new books. But it's interesting what you're laying out there, and I'm glad you did it. And it sounds like, really, once this comes out, you know, OSE is going to handle pretty much all your old school game needs. Let's be honest about it. You know, it, it, it'll replace whether you have a BX, you know, itch or an AD&D first edition itch. It sounds like BX is going to more or less cover all those things. Although I'm curious to see if they end up including some advanced combat options to put it closer to first edition Dungeons and Dragons. Things like weapon speed and weapons versus armor, stuff like that. But yeah, really interesting. I look forward to your review of the referees book. So, or at least your preview of the preview of the referees book so talk to you soon 
Hi there, Jason. Thank you very much for the call, and I'm glad you enjoyed the little preview. And obviously, the, the sort of referees preview stuff I did is now out, and I've spoke to you a bit about it on Discord since you left this message. And I think the main thing that people should know if they're listening about the, the Old School Essentials advanced options is it's not a pure sort of replication of AD&D in the same way that the, the sort of original old school essentials is like a replication of basic expert edition with just a few things tidied up the idea of the advanced fantasy stuff is that it takes some of the concepts from AD&D some of the classes some of the extra rules stuff like that but then it scales them down and simplifies them so they work within the framework of the sort of basic expert version of D&D so I don't think it'll completely replace or scratch that AD&D itch for a lot of people however if like me you like the simpler sort of basic D&D but you look at AD&D and you're like oh but yeah but some of that stuff's pretty cool in it but you still kind of want it to be simple and sort of be exified then I think the advanced fantasy stuff for old school essentials probably will scratch that itch yeah I think the core of D&D is six stats and a dice roll oh yeah definitely and going back to what Randy was saying on the previous voicemail if you know that basic mechanic and your GM knows the nuances of which version of it you're using, it's all pretty much the same game once you get oh, yeah. into it. Yeah. And it's not particularly important which version you're using, as long as it's a consistent version for the whole of the game. Yeah, and I mean we've I've I've seen that in my old school essentials campaign I'm running at the minute where I've definitely taken stuff out of like the first edition like A D and D books. And as you say, love, because it's the same system, just different iterations, it is easy to convert that stuff. But like I say, the advanced fantasy stuff for OSC is about taking that stuff and scaling it back so it works with the sort of BX model of D&D. Anyway, thank you very much for your calling, Jason. Very much appreciated. So let's see who's next out of the post back. Hey, guys, Jason here. Great episode on the methods. You know, you did a great deep dive into them. Really appreciate that. And I, but I have to tell you, I'm shocked, shocked to hear discussion of layout on Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. I would have never expected that. Anyhow, great show. Keep up the great work. <laughs> what can I say, Jason? I mean, I, I was actually um, talking to uh, Colin and like, some of my other OSE players the other day, and they were shocked because I was complaining about a margin being too small in um, <laughs> Wolves of God by um, Kevin Crawford. I was saying the margins are a bit too small near the centre of the book, so you have to really like, prise it open to read it. And as you know, normally I'm complaining about the opposite and the margins being too big. Yeah, this is what happens when you have someone who's trained in illustration and someone who's trained in graphic design doing a book, doing a podcast about books. Yeah, and what, what, what can I say? These sort of things like jump out at me, and I'm because I'm I'm not so fussed about art in books as you know. Don't get me wrong nice artwork is quality but it's really like the words i'm there for and i think because i'm so focused on that sort of stuff that like margins and page spacing and blank space really does jump out at me but 
We're glad you enjoyed the episode about methods. We're continuing to plough our way through the Fiend folio, and hopefully you'll enjoy the future episodes as well. Hey, John. It's Kevin over at the Red Caps Podcast. Just listening to your episode on Old School Essentials, the uh, referee's tome. I am loving these advanced copies as well. I've uh, also kickstarted the book and have been going through them. And the section I've been reading a bunch lately that I'm really looking forward to trying, because I haven't really done it much before, is generating... Um, magical sentient swords. Um, the, this whole like six page spread on these swords is very, very interesting and really has the creative juices flowing. I'm wondering, have you used um, sentient swords much uh, in your games? Um, what are some of the designs that you've made? And if you haven't, what would you create of one? Hope you have a great day. Continue making the podcast or a great lesson. Talk to you again soon. Hi, Kevin. Really glad you're enjoying this show. We were looking for something to do for a Monday episode over the next few weeks, so I think we might just add magical swords and sentient swords onto the list. What do you think, love? Yeah, I mean, I think, as Kevin was saying, I mean, I think they're, they're a great thing and they add a lot of sort of uh, fun and enjoyment because they they are an NPC of sorts in a game, but obviously they've got this whole thing. They're also an item as well, so you've got that sort of dichotomy. And let's face it, like the singing sword, the talking sword, and all that is like a fantasy archetype going like way back to like when God was a boy. Um, I've not used them a lot in my games, Kevin, to be honest. However, I did have in an Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea game I ran oh, a fair while ago now. We did have like a sort of an enchanted sword, which was like an evil, like necromantic sword, which was as evil as they come. I mean, it took, like, Skeletor out of the old He-Man cartoons. I mean, you know, I, I telegraphed the fact the thing was bad news. Um, the the barbarian guy we had in the group, though, he ended up in a situation where we were surrounded by all these, like, Northlanders, these sort of Viking-style people who'd been their allies, but they didn't speak their language and they'd had an interpreter, like one of their tribe who spoke the common tongue. And during a fight that they are all involved in, the interpreter got killed. So they were like, oh, we, we can't understand these men. How are we going to tell them what the plan is? And the swords are like, hey, hey, I speak loads of languages. Just tell me what you want to tell them. I'll tell them what you want. And the, lacking any, <laughs> n- not being like the brightest spark and lacking any other options, the barbarian was like, oh, okay, sword, I want you to tell them this and laid out the plan. And the sword spills off a load of Northlander speech that they don't understand. And immediately they find themselves surrounded by these Northlanders all drawing their weapons intent on killing them because this sword, being evil, was like, oh, they've, they've twigged that I'm evil, that they, they're hesitant about drawing me, I'm not getting used, I'm not achieving my sentient sword goals because it had a specific goal. However, if I can get myself into the hand of one of these feisty Northlanders who are like, fight as soon as look at you, I'm far more likely to be able to take them over and use them to fulfil my aims. So effectively, it just tossed out loads of like really cutting insults to these Northlanders, and they ended up having to fight their allies off. So that was the most recent example of me using them, where it became almost sort of like an antagonist. Unfortunately, we didn't really get to play it out, because as is often the way with these things, the game ended a little bit prematurely, due to like real-life scheduling and stuff like that, some of the players. But, you know, these things happen, that's just how it goes. But I enjoyed the sort of evil Skeletor sword 
whilst um, the game lasted and the players every time they drew it it basically did like the skeletal laugh which i had great fun acting out and the players every time the barbarian looked at it they were like you do realize that sword's evil right uh, oh do you mean it's evil just listen to it <laughs> and it'd cackle away and they'd be like yeah it's, de- it's definitely evil and it looks like it's made out of bones you know what more do you want so yeah i love enchanted swords kev especially the intelligent ones and as hannah said we may look at doing an episode about that in the future glad you're enjoying the podcast dude thank you very much for the call in hi john hi hannah goblin's henchman here um i enjoyed listening to your uh, episode about um I guess using a hex flower to do a bar crawl. Um, I thought it was a fun little thing to do. Um, actually, I think if I was tempted to do something like this, I'd be tempted to make a, you know, that bit where often the thief goes and does the intel and they want to, like, find out something about the town and normally roll two dice or something and say, oh, yes, you found this rumor or something. I think that might be an interesting way to use this kind of uh, bar crawl mechanism. So, you know, you're going to various pubs and you're trying to find some intel, at, you know, and so a little mini game to do that. Anyway, it was uh, fun listening to it. Um, obviously, it's just uh, me noodling on your idea. So, um, but yeah, fun stuff. Cheers. Bye. Thanks ever so much, Goblin's Henchman. Really glad you like the idea, particularly since it's you that came up with the hex flower. Yeah. Particularly because it's you that came up with the hex flowers in the first place. Um we'll definitely see what we can do to incorporate that idea into it as we keep working on it yeah things are a little bit crazy at the minute as i'm sure you can appreciate with everyone's schedule we do hope to get around to revisiting the sort of bar crawl hex flower at some point when we've got time so keep your ears peeled i'm sure we shall have something in the future involving your great hex flowers so thank you very much for calling in greatly appreciate it Hi John, hi Hannah, Goblin Sentiment here. So I saw that post uh, that went up about um, your your projects on drive through. I have to admit, I didn't know you had a drive through uh, page, so I was quite interested to take a little look around. And I think this this uh, thing you did with pubs and inns is really really useful, actually, because I was looking through some of my my old binder that I had from back in the day, and I had about three or four pubs that I used in that. And it's sort of one of those things that's probably you know. Not very glamorous, but really useful. Um, I wonder whether you'd be interested in leaning into that a bit more. You know, produce D100 pubs. So a one page which does the sort of food and the personalities and all that. And then have maybe a sample of 10 uh, inns at the back. So, you know, different layouts. So, you know, th- one massive one, four medium ones and six small ones. Hopefully that's up to 10. And not to worry too much about the layout of each one, but basically you then you know pick one of those inns, you know the the roaring boar or something. You say, oh, that's a medium size. I'll use that layout, and I think that would have really good utility. That sort of uh, really useful kind of uh, um, you know stuff that's really handy at the table. But you know <laughs> maybe as I say, you know that all that texture and names is just at your fingertips. Just flick through and pick one rather than having you know the sort of mega dungeon if you like anyway cheers hi there goblins henchman thank you very much for calling in again i'm really glad you enjoyed the little sort of drive-through like pub handouts and stuff like that i've done uh, as i said i'm not really used to sort of like doing all the layout and everything i'm sort of dipping my toe into the water of that so it's my hope to put out some more of these like little pamphlet handouts that are, that are available as pay what you want to uh sort of get a bit of practice in and also hopefully put out things that people find useful 
See, I told you you should be plugging that RP- drive-through RPG more often. Yeah, and um, I'm currently working on a sort of slightly larger adventure using the same sort of layout template and stuff like that. And once I've got that to my satisfaction, I've put it on drive-through, I'll most likely go back to doing some more of the the little handouts to put together. And it's my hope that once I've done that and I'm more comfortable with it and I've sort of I've got a bit more used to it and accustomed to like what I need to do with that. I can then start sort of elaborating on them and doing some slightly bigger projects. And yet I love the idea of effectively having like a booklet that's like a tavern generator and you'd have like your series of roll tables and like you say a couple of sample layouts and maybe like a name table and stuff like that. I've done a few things for taverns before for like the blog, like with random tables and names and stuff like that. But yeah, I'd love to do a booklet with some of that stuff in that you could just have at your table, sort of cheap and cheerful, you know. You can just print it out on your printer or whatever, have it at your table, and you've got it at your fingertips if the players ever decide to go to a random tavern. So thank you very much for that idea. I'm sure once I've sort of become a bit more comfortable with like laying documents out and uh, I've probably put a few more of the smaller things out I will look at doing a, a larger project like that so thank you very much for the call in hey guys Jason here really enjoyed your needleman episode great ideas and ways to use them really could be a pretty interesting creature to insert in a campaign and and it could be a long-running thing you know to start off you have rumors of them or people come across them sparingly and then more and more and eventually they have to deal with them so some great ideas i know i'm not calling as much as i did before but still really enjoying the podcast keep up the great work talk to you guys soon hi there jason thank you very much for calling in Really glad you enjoyed the Needleman episode and we're going to continue ploughing our way through the Fiend Folio and putting out these monster episodes. So based on the, the Twitter polls we're doing, the next one we've got coming up shortly is the Skeleton Warrior. So keep an ear out for that. What's going on, you two? Awesome episode about wishes. I've only had it come up once in a game. Uh, it was a long-term campaign that we were running using Pathfinder. The party had been split up, and one of the characters went down into this wishing well, basically, where they had detected a source of strong magic. He had jumped down there by himself while the rest of the party was fighting like this big battle. He ended up having a one-on-one, like a bearded devil or something. This is a little higher level. Ended up beating it and getting uh, a coin of wish. So he could cast one wish. And what he wished for wasn't selfish. It wasn't game-breaking. It was really awesome. He wished that... So there was like a... Oh, hold on. Gotta leave another message. Yeah, so the player had gotten the coin of wish... And uh, his wish was there was a sort of secondary big bad guy. It was actually one of the fathers of one of the characters in the group who was actually a vampire. And he wasn't the main big bad, but he had kind of messed with them a little bit. And he was a real thorn in their side. So he wished smartly. He didn't wish that that character was that the vampire was dead because that wouldn't have worked because vampires are already dead. Uh, He wished that it was gone. He wished that the, you know, the vampire was gone. And I thought that was awesome. I didn't tweak with it too much. I moved the vampire into another plane of existence, and then he would, like, talk crap to the players through mirrors and stuff like that. But it was really fun. Um, And yeah, I really like the advice you and Hannah gave. Anyway, peace out. 
Thanks again for that, Joe from Hindsightless. Really entertaining little story. We'd love to hear some more from people about what times they've used wishes and that kind of thing, or anything else that we've come across in our episodes. Yeah, and I think you made a very good point there, Joe, that you don't have to twist the intent of wishes to make them entertaining. And as we said in our episode, we're great fans of if the player characters have asked for something that's not selfish or ridiculous, you can just let it ride, as you obviously did in your story, to what sounds like great effect. And I love the idea of this vampire being like banished to some sort of mirror plane, and he's like smack-talking them from behind mirrors and stuff like that. That sounds really cool. So thank you very much to all our wonderful callers. It's very much appreciated. If anyone out there listening wants to get involved in the conversation, make suggestions for future episodes, or comment on the ones we've already put up, you can leave us a voicemail message at SpeakPipe. There'll be a link in the description of this show. Or you can send us an email to podcast at gmail.com. Until we see you next time, take care, stay safe, and keep gaming. Bye.